Welcome to the Diamond in the Rough podcast. Perfection is something that is achieved and not ascribed. Just like the diamond in the rough, everyone is born with potential to be a leader inside of them, but that potential needs to be set free. Sometimes, all it takes is a little bit of pressure to allow the diamonds within us to shine. This inspiring podcast will remind you that even the most brilliant diamonds are formed under pressure. Each episode features educational and inspirational conversations with leaders from the energy industry who will share their stories and the pressures that shape them into the diamond that they are today. The goal is to provide both educational and inspirational podcasts. So hold on into this beautiful ride with me. My name is Stacy. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the new episode. Today, it gives me a great pleasure to welcome my fellow energy leaders for tomorrow. A total awarded by Energy Intelligence and supported by Total, Aramco, and Ganfor. Together with me are the 2021 winners, Mr. Olatunde Kadri, Ms. Waitera Gakio, Ms. Diana Lacruz, Ms. Ife Jayola, and the 2020 winner, Mr. Abdullah El Badawi. Welcome and congratulations on winning this prestigious award. Let's get right into it. Ola Tunde, could you please um, tell us a bit about yourself and your career path from civil engineer to your relocation to France as a total scholar? Thank you for having me, Stacy, and congratulations on winning the Energy Leaders for tomorrow award as well. A short introduction about myself, I'm Olatunde Kadri. I was born and bred in the southwest region of Nigeria, and I studied there till the end of college. I've always enjoyed studying physics and mathematics when I was younger, and coupled with my interest in technical drawing and visual illustrations, I decided to study civil engineering in college. It was an easy decision to make since had completed a physical sciences major in high school. And upon graduation from the university, I gained a cumulative experience of more than two years in the construction industry in Nigeria. I was a building inspector in training in the capital city of Abuja, and I later moved to Lagos to join the project management team at Miglior Construction and Technish, or MCNT. So I made what I consider a transition to the energy industry in 2019 when I commenced further studies at the EMT Atlantic in Nantes, France, as a total scholar. Since then, I have also consolidated thought modules with self-initiated learning commitments. The outcomes of these trainings and experience continue to shape my experience and understanding of energy environment and sustainability. 
I've also been fortunate to undergo two internships at Total Energies, which is the new name for Total, headquarters location here in, Fra in Paris. I evaluated alternative solutions to utilize previously fed gas and developed a minimum viable product version of a decision-making facilitator. This work fits perfectly into the decarbonization efforts of the onshore product line on their oil and gas assets. Career aside, family, football, and good food are important to me. Overall, the journey has been non-linear, it's been exciting and humbling. I'm looking forward to what the future holds for me, and it's good to be here to talk about my experience so far. Beautifully said. This brings us to the next leader, Diana. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your volunteer experience? Thank you very much, Stacey. Well, I'm very grateful to be here and to be able to be in this podcast episode with my fellow energy leaders from all around the world. Um, I'm Diana Lacruz Martinez. I am an undergraduate petroleum engineering student currently in my senior year at La Universidad de Zulia in Maracaibo, Venezuela. Um, during my time as a student, I have been dedicated and disciplined, focusing all of my energy into balancing academic extracurricular activities like learning English and more recently French, um, working, handling major responsibilities at home while juggling the challenging conditions of my country. And I also have participated as a volunteer within the engineering faculty and for the SPE Lucistrin chapter. Um, beyond the academics, I have taken on challenges as well, such as the petrobol competition. I joined it in 2019, and after a long road of preparation, failures, and just overall personal transformation, this year, I found success when our team classified for the Petrobol World Championship, which was the second time in history for our university. As you mentioned, Stacy, I have worked as a volunteer. Um, during my experience, I have participated in cleanup days at the faculty. And in January 2020, right before the pandemic, I applied to become a volunteer for the SB Lucy Students chapter. To my surprise, I was selected to be a part of the board as an officer with the role of the communication chairperson. And I must say that before that, I knew almost nothing about social media. I had to learn from scratch graphic designing and creating strategies to achieve engagement. I even learned that I have a creative side, which to be honest, I didn't believe existed. Um, to me, volunteering has been the most challenging experience, but at the same time, the most enriching. I have grown both professionally and personally, and we achieved incredible results along the way. We won the SBE Presidential Award for Outstanding Student Chapter, and if you don't know about it, it's the highest honor a student chapter can receive by SBE. It recognizes the top 5% of the student chapters, and this year was awarded to only 15 out of 411 chapters. It is the first for my country, and none of it would have been possible without our team and the support of staff volunteers, especially one of the former presidents, Engineer Darwin Duran, 
And if any of you are listening right now, thank you for your commitment and for putting up with my 2 a.m. text messages. <laughs> well, Diana, I'm pretty sure they appreciate and value your commitment to the team. Abdullah, I hope Malaysia has been an excellent host thus far. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself and um, how did it feel to win this prestigious award last year? Thank you, Stacey, and thank you everyone for your wonderful introduction. Well, like everyone else, I'm very pleased to be here. So my name is uh, Abdullah Ibadawi, uh, originally from the Comoros Island. I'm sure most of you have never heard of it, and it's normal. Uh, it's an archipelago between Madagascar and Tanzania in East Africa in the Indian Ocean. I was born and raised in the Comoros until 2014 when I moved with my parents to Tanzania. So since then, Tanzania became my second home. Uh, though my parents, uh, my grandparents came from Zanzibar, uh, another island in Tanzania, so I kind of identify myself as an island boy. <laughs> so I did my high school in Tanzania, uh, did the international baccalaureate program, uh, graduated in 2018, and then moved to Malaysia for my tertiary studies at Asia Pacific University. Malaysia has been a great host, Tessie. Um, uh, a lot of good opportunities have come my way. I got to expand my network and, uh, of course, expand my leadership skills. Uh, initially, I started as a membership chairperson for my newly established SD student chapter in 2020. Then, uh, being passionate about global politics and diplomacy, I founded the Model UN Club. And then now I currently serve as the president of my SD student chapter, uh, in which we won the Excellence Award in 2020. Uh, that was our first operation, so it's been uh, very special to us. Um, I'm very much involved and I really like community service and I always think about going back home and serving the people at home and helping whatever way I can for the development of my continent and also my country. So I applied and got licensed by TED uh, to be the organizer of TEDx Moroni uh, in the Comoros Island uh, with the sole purpose to inspire the next generation. I'm also very grateful to have gotten the chance this summer uh, to intern at Total Energies Tanzania, uh, formerly known as Total and contributed to the rebranding of all our sites uh, as we move uh, to the new era of the energy transition. As a 2020 recipient, uh, I believe this award was not only for me, it's been very special, uh, but it was more for my people uh, and people like me, uh, people from my continent, from my region and from my country. Uh, a lot of great work is being done, but unfortunately they don't get the coverage or the light they deserve compared uh, to the counterpart. This award was very significant for me for that reason. Uh, but also looking at how much sweat I kept, uh, it feels really good to be actually rewarded for an important award like this one. Uh, the aim is to always aspire to inspire, and my goal was, is, or remains to inspire more people in my region to not only enter in this industry, but to tell them that they can be anything uh, if they wish to, and they keep that they keep in, in their mind, they can achieve it. I continue with that same vision uh, through whatever I do, especially with Chedix Moroni, So today, it really brings me an immense pleasure to share this platform with such a diverse group of people, such as yourself, uh, some from my third home, uh, which is Malaysia, but more so to see people from my continent and region. Uh, I see my two colleagues from Nigeria and the Wethera from uh, Kenya, whom we share borders. I remember her reaching out to review her application and I told her that you may be one of the winners this year. So this is the beauty of our industry, partnership, breaking those regional borders and striving on the global scale. They say we rise by lifting others, and honestly, this is a living proof of that. Yeah, thank you very much, Stacey. Ife Jayola, could you please tell us um, a bit about yourself and your career journey as a young petroleum engineer? Thank you, Stacey. It's so, so great to be here. 
My name is Ifolu Adjayola, I'm a petroleum engineer currently working at New Cross Exploration and Production. Well, my career journey has only been a few months or a few years, depending on how you choose to look at it. A huge part of my journey has been being involved in the Society of Petroleum Engineers, where I have been exposed to a wide range of opportunities, strong network of professionals, and a platform to volunteer towards the causes that mattered to me. Um, the environmental effects due to increasing global demand for energy is no longer news to anyone. And it's also not news that emerging economists like Nigeria are lagging behind in the transition towards a more sustainable energy future and achieving the net zero targets. So a minor step towards solving this problem was educating the population about the challenges and prospects of Nigeria's sustainable energy transition. So as a part of the executive team of SPE Covenant University chapter, we took on projects and symposiums to create awareness among students and the immediate community on safe and conservative energy practices. Now I work as a trainee engineer with New Cross where I'm exposed to various industry practices. Also being passionate about technology and machine learning, I spend my free time researching on new innovative ideas and I continue to volunteer for exciting activities within the energy space. Waitera. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself and your experience working in the oil field services industry in Kenya? Hello, uh, my name is Waidera Kakio and uh, I have a, ba- a bachelor's degree in petroleum, um, petroleum and natural gas engineering. So I carry myself as a diligent person who is not afraid to achieve her set goals. That being said, after I was accepted into one of the leading girls' academies in Kenya, uh, known as Alliance Girls on Merit, I graduated near the top of my class uh, with an A minus. Later, I acquired a partial scholarship to study at the Middle East Technical University, where I graduated in July 2020 uh, last year uh, with a bachelor's degree of honors with petroleum and natural gas and nat- petroleum natural gas engineering, third in my class. So my hunger for success has currently placed me at Savo Oilfield Services Limited, a natural a notable oil and gas service company in Kenya. My current role at Savo Oil Fields is a project coordinator, has yielded a lot of technical leadership and analytical skills in the energy sector. Uh, my responsibilities as a project coordinator include coordinating the Savo team in conducting research on projects in the geothermal, oil and gas, and mining sector. Before Savo, I had completed an internship at Kenjen PLC at the geothermal power plant in Naivasha, Kenya, where I was able to learn about the geothermal industry in the following departments, geology, uh, reservoir management, and drilling. In addition to my professional experience and academic achievements, I am a firm believer in community development. Um, By volunteering at, at an organization called Young Scientists Kenya, I'm able to influence and impact a lot of young minds. My duties include judging 10 plus projects that will yield that will lead to the yielding of overall improvement of uh, society and environments through science and technology. The Energy Leaders for Tomorrow offers complimentary access to the Energy Intelligence Forum to those selected for the program. 
What was your biggest takeaway from the Energy Intelligence Forum? Perhaps we can start with you, Abdullah? Absolutely. Uh, so as we all know, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we operate. Uh, new challenges have been hitting the industry, climate change has arise, we're off track to meet the agenda 2030, and technology is continuing its fast-paced advancement. These issues touch particularly young engineers and young leaders as ourselves and our dear listeners, as we have to come up with new and innovative solutions to tackle these issues while continuing to meet the growing energy demand of the present world population, while sustainably utilizing the planet resources to meet the demand of the future generation. The Energy Intelligence Forum is one of uh, those very high-level platforms that address the challenges of our industry holistically, uh, while it takes in account uh, the non-technical aspect of the industry, such as the finances, uh, the geopolitics, as well as the business aspect of the energy sector. Hence, for me, uh, it represented a unique opportunity to learn from the experts, uh, the stakeholders, and the big players of the sector while we're heading to the energy transition, which is now beca- has now become a reality. Uh, also revolutionized by the fourth industrial revolution. So in one sentence, I would say that my my key takeaway would be that the energy transition is a team sport, that we all need to play our part. And I believe uh, some of my colleagues will uh, will accept that or will agree to my point. Uh, Maybe we can hear from uh, Ifolua. What do you think? What was your your key takeaway? We are currently seeing a lot of transformations in the energy industry at large. And in a bid to avoid a climate disaster, we are seeing such a push for divestment by the industry as well as by investors, you know, maybe even to the extreme because there, there's also the push to stop investing in the oil and gas industry as a whole so that net zero emissions targets and so that we can mitigate the effects of climate change. This is causing a major market disruption as we can see from the incredibly high prices so we are basically seeing a shift in demand and supply because we are leaving plan a (laughs) before there is even a plan b and the fact remains that fossil fuels would remain a part of the energy mix and we would need the oil and gas industry in our day-to-day lives the challenge is how much fossil fuels would be a part of the mix how can that be produced in a clean sustainable way you know, these are challenges for everyone to solve and every hand has to be on deck from industry professionals to policymakers to consumers. Well, that's a good take. Um, so for me, I would like to share my view on the uh, net zero carbon goals and how cities, countries and corporations can uh, navigate the transition. So one of the dialogues really talked about something that falls within the purview of my master's thesis. And some pressing questions were answered by some of the industry stakeholders leading the transition. Um, Catherine Schmidt of the Bureau, the Bureau Chief at uh, Energy Intelligence Houston office anchored the event and the discussion was directed more to the United States audience. So maybe it doesn't apply exactly to everywhere in the world uh, the same way, but most of the takeaways apply to the global situation of the energy transition. So the idea of the net zero as against absolute zero reflects a pragmatic approach to curbing the effects of climate change. And this means that when the number of, the amount of emissions produced from human activities and otherwise is compared to the quantity of carbon emissions, 
captured in emission sinks such as trees that have been planted or carbon capture, what we get is zero. So Jules of Rocky Mountain Institute uh, explained that the International Panel for Climate Change prescribes that we need to eliminate uh, greenhouse gas emissions from our economy so that the cumulative emissions between now and 2050 is net zero. Mr. Dario Willis of Microsoft mentioned some of Microsoft's efforts in the energy transition scene so far. So it was interesting to me to find out that Microsoft have truly been at the forefront of the transition for an IT or digital solutions company. So in Microsoft, emissions were cut by as much as 30% uh, in 2009. And by 2012, they became carbon neutral. That means they achieved net zero about nine years ago. They declared in January 2020 to become carbon negative by 2030. So they intend to have removed all emissions related to Microsoft operations since 1975, when the company was founded. So I say this because it's more like an inspiration for anyone listening now who is heading a company or a corporation or a city to know that work is ongoing in this uh, in this sphere and space. So the vital piece of their progress so far has been focusing on strategic partnership and innovation. For instance, Microsoft launched the Climate Innovation Plan, the Breakthrough Energy Catalyst Program, and the offering of their service and products, Microsoft Cloud. And all these are key initiatives to tackle climate change issues. As far as obstacles to achieving net zero goals are concerned, all the three panelists share quite unique perspectives. Daryl mentioned the four challenges of policy, investment, incentives, and delivery, as well as measurement timelines. He suggested that businesses and governments work together to align their definition of net zero and targets, that they should be consistent and accurate in monitoring and reporting their emissions results and create sustainable markets for carbon dioxide removal and reduction. Dr. Emily of Greentown Labs touched on an important and critical angle of this topic of transition, which is the existential threat perceived by talents in the conventional energy industry. The job loss that will accompany this paradigm shift could be driven by uncertainty, fear, and anxiety about the future. However, she suggests, and rightly so, that people should embrace the transition with openness curiosity and optimism for the future. Jules explained that limited fundamental understanding is in what the transition entails drives the hostility towards it. He used the analogy of his time working in a typewriter company to how the activities and the tasks they were doing shifted to what computers could handle he used that to buttress the inevitability of the shift from fossil fuels to renewable and digitally integrated energy. Daryl then opined that the possibilities to transfer from conventional energy to those required in the new energy jobs are vast, since many of the skills from previous roles are relevant to this new industry. 
So all panelists were optimistic. Daryl asserts his optimism using the mantra, if you can do more as a city, as a corporation, or as a country, you should do more. To say that companies should prioritize climate actions as much as possible. In summary, the discussion conveyed three key important points. That optimism is necessary to push through the challenges and continue to work on innovative projects for energy transition to materialize as envisioned. That we should maintain healthy skepticism that will guide goal setting so that goals are specific and measurable. And they encourage partnerships and collaborations which are essential for successful and inclusive transition. Well, in my opinion, the forum was a very insightful platform. I admire the approach Energy Intelligent had as an organizer because they brought different points of view to the table. On one side, we had CEOs of historically oil companies, some of them transitioning now into integrated energy companies, talking about how they see the transitioning happening and our role in it. And on the other side, we had activists and decision makers as well. Therefore, it brought well-rounded discussions. Um, besides that, a key takeaway for me is based on a question I made. Um, so I asked, what should developing countries like mine, who have great potential in oil and gas, do to adapt to the energy transition, considering they have not profited from oil and gas as much as developing uh, as developed nations and they do not have the economic foundation to do so and they also have not contributed to greenhouse emissions as much as developed nations um, should these countries hinder their growth by not developing their oil and gas industry well the response i had by the experts was very different from what i expected they advised us to explore our potential as service providers, for example, to offer our depleted reservoirs for carbon capture and storage, uh, which to me was really insightful. Um, it allowed me to comprehend the potential of my country and actually realize my hopes for the energetic future we may have if we as Venezuelans take matters into our own hands. Um, another important takeaway for me was when I asked Mr. Patrick Puyane uh, something that we often discuss at our petroleum engineering school. I asked him if he thought that in the future our skills as petroleum engineers will still be on demand in integrated energy companies like Purple Energies. And his answer um, was really helpful. It, it, calmed us down because he said that in this energy transition, our skills that will still be required to ensure a reliable transition as the world continues to need oil supplies. And finally, he also mentioned that Total Energies is planning to help their professional transfer their current skills into the energies of the future. So before joining the Energy Intelligence Forum in 2021, um, where I don't know if I mentioned that I was one of the energy leaders, yeah. Um, so my hope was to engage in the discussions focusing on energy transition and the impact it will have on the oil and gas industry. So I believe the knowledge in 
the, I believe my knowledge in the stated areas has more than doubled after this forum. So the energy transition is a precarious situation and if not handled effectively, there could be serious repercussions. Um, in order for an effective transition to take place, a comprehensive plan of at least 30 to 40 years should be considered. With this in mind, there's a statement that His Excellency Mohammed Sanusi said uh, that really resonated with me. And I quote, um, the energy transition is about energy security and addressing energy poverty and climate change. This means that the energy the transition must ensure it takes two boxes. The energy supplied has to be clean or green and has to be affordable. So given the shortages, recent shortages in Europe and China and heightened gas prices, I believe this situation will accelerate this agenda. So policies will start being implemented as energy leaders in Europe have seen the issue is too close to home. Also, we also see a lot of uh, IOCs are looking into introducing hydrogen technologies, offshore wind, and even ammonia as alternatives that act as catalysts in this transition. So right now, there are about 2.6 billion people who lack access to energy worldwide, with 640 million Africans having no access to energy. So Africans are really a large number um, in this uh, statistics so which translates which will later translate without energy it is translates to lack of clean water sanitation and even healthcare. so my key takeaways from the discussion at the energy transition is the the energy transition is imperative and needs to be accelerated in order in order for the paris agreement of low carbon emissions to be accomplished by 2050 it takes a strong personality and a track record of success to be named as one of the energy leaders for tomorrow. What life challenges and pressures have you faced in life that shape you into the diamond that you are today? Yes, uh, this is an interesting question. Uh, but there's, a quite, there's quite a good number of challenges that I've encountered but I'll talk about one that truly stands out, more like a foundation for where I am on my career journey today. So flunking in my second and third years in university was a crucial moment of personal reflection that triggered a sense of taking responsibility for my decisions and their consequences. I believe that my underperformance then was mostly due to youthful exuberance and distractions as it's uh, common with teenagers. So it made me reconsider what I needed to focus on and to define why it mattered to me so much. While I couldn't figure things out to the details yet at the time, I knew an excellent grade was vital for the ambitions I have always nurtured. It is why confronting the situation with honesty with and to myself was a big win. I remember taking an online course then titled Learning How to Learn by two American university professors. I did the course when I was in fourth year. Uh, the course gave me study insights that I didn't know I needed. I didn't know they were necessary. So I had to create, for example, a personal study timetable that I strictly followed. Apart from the normal class one, I also took up more tutoring opportunities with my colleagues 
So that was an incredible hack for me to understand concepts better because I needed to break them down for my peers. That approach also cut down repeat study rates since the idea was the ideas that I taught to my colleagues were more likely retained after the tutorials. So despite starting out top of the class in first year, it took discipline, focus, and I would say divine direction because I believe in God to still graduate in the top 10 percentile. So the key takeaway for me there was to myself be true. And that lesson has always remained with me. I would not exactly say challenges because everything that has shaped me to be who I am today were opportunities, opportunities to learn and lead. In a lot of ways, I consider myself to be very lucky, lucky to have been surrounded with people that I can learn from, from professionals that are passionate about giving back to the younger generation and by examples that inspire me. So, well, when you are in that kind of environment, it's hard to not be exceptional. Wow, what a nice question. Um, as a young woman in a male-dominated industry, petroleum, it is no shock that gender-based discrimination is one of my biggest challenges. I have experienced several instances when a colleague or classmate has undervalued my opinion just because I am a woman. Um, however, the first occurrence was what was a significant shift in my life. At around 10, 10 years old, I was top of my class and a former classmate told me not to get used to it since it's only a fluke. Uh, though his actions were upsetting at the time, I came to realize that my success depended on my determination and not one's opinion. Uh, that being said, having the experience of working with an African woman, engineer Elizabeth Rogo, who uh, is the CEO of Savo Oilfield Services. She has excelled in international um, oil and gas, in the, internationally in the oil and gas industry, and is also working on a lot of geothermal projects uh, we are working on with her, and whose mission is to mentor young female engineers. I also hope to one day create a safe space for young female engineers to concentrate on their inputs in the energy department rather than fall under victimization of any gender-based discrimination in the energy sector. For me, um, I've had a fair share of personal and family-related challenges. Um, like everyone, I am a big sister of two daughters born from professional parents who came from low-income families themselves. My mom, Morela, was a first-generation graduate and she was a brilliant woman. I was nine years old when she passed away unexpectedly, but I will never forget how she was always learning, reading, and just giving her best at everything she did. I, I know everyone talks about their mom like this, but truly she was my first example of an honest, humble, professional woman passionate about what she did, who did an incredible job balancing work life and a family. After she passed away, I grew up quicker. I practically went from being a child to an adult because I taught myself how to cook, clean, do my homework on my own. And overall, I became very independent. I even played a major role in the upbringing of my little sister, who was only two years old when she passed away. Um, thanks to God, we were fortunate enough to have had two moms. 
because my grandmother, Morela, who made rest and peace, took us under her wing and taught us everything she taught to our mom and beyond. Um, she was truly our angel on earth. And besides these challenges, I have also experienced unstable housing, a very volatile environment at home, and a great deal of uncertainty. However, all of these circumstances um, placed me at a very young age among two choices to either desist and allow these conditions to define my future or to persevere and rise. Therefore, I internalized that no matter what, I needed to keep moving forward. And I learned one of the most important lessons of my life. And that is that even small steps are still steps. And in every step, I have to choose to be brave and teach myself to see every challenge as a blessing in the sky. So, Abdallah, um, would you tell us about your life experience? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Diana. I think that was uh, a very touching, uh, touching uh, memory of your mother and your grandmother. Uh, I pray that uh, they rest in eternal peace. And I think that we have uh, truly crafted a diamond uh, for you to make it till the energy that's for tomorrow and uh, still uh, doing a great work uh, in your country and uh, your region. So really, really kudos for that. And um, the two first, Olakunde uh, and Ifolua, also your stories have been equally uh, inspiring. And I think that's the beauty of being an energy leader for tomorrow is that we get to share these experiences between ourselves and humble ourselves of how our journey uh, should go. So as for me, um, my life has been a roller coaster, just like all of you. Uh, I don't believe I'm a diamond yet, but I will attribute this process to three types of people. Uh, the diamond diggers, the diamond shapers, and the stone cleaners. So for me, my diamond diggers are my parents and my family uh, whenever I cease to support me uh, in all my life and my all crazy dreams. Uh, my shaper were the people like you. Uh, as I said earlier, you shape my life because you inspire me. Uh, some came in the form of lecturers, some in uh, the form of teachers, some came in the form of mentors, colleagues and friends. All these people have shaped me to be the soft stone I am today. Finally, I would like to thank the cleaner and I think that's one of the most important roles in the diamond crafting. Uh, after the whole pressurized process demanding a lot of time and energy, there are those people who come to clean and push you for the opportunities. They usually come from the two little group or sometimes as new people in the process. And uh, all these people are should be we should be thankful for them because they believe in us and they stick with us all the way no matter what well it should be unfair as well as said not to thank god uh, i'm a firm believer too uh, without whom none of this process would have been possible uh, as previously stated i was brought up uh, i was brought to relocate in tanzania in 2014 uh, which was one of the most difficult period of my life uh, as a native french speaker and in tanzania an english-speaking country uh, i was i had very limited uh, choice of schooling so with uh, some discussions, uh, the conclusion was that uh, I was going to go in, in English school without speaking English and that I was going to learn English in that school. So in an unknown territory, I joined an English school while not speaking English. It was hard to communicate and even hard to understand my classes. Uh, fortunately, I was speaking Swahili, uh, which is a language uh, from the East African region, ranging from Kenya, Tanzania, uh, because my parents and uh, my grandparents, as I said earlier, came from Zanzibar. Uh, fortunately, uh, it was good. Uh, it's, I also served in different positions uh, in my high school, uh, which also really, really shaped me. 
including president of the student council and uh, finally i was able to graduate uh, with my chief baccalaureate program uh, with seven awards today i'm um, as you can see more confident and i'm able to communicate in english so again moving to malaysia was a present itself adjusting to a new environment a new way of life and new lifestyle has not been easy following the establishment of my sps student chapter uh, i became involved and motivated by the desire to add value uh, i gave my sweat blood and tears and i'm extremely proud to say that we were named excellence chapter award winner in 2020 uh and we're featured in one of the malaysian leading newspapers uh in our first year of operation i also had the opportunity to travel to atce this year uh in dubai and for the first time at, at for the first time ever in a local event we had two sp international president as keynote speakers in our chapter's annual and flagship event uh saturday is for spe in which i'm very happy to have partnered with some universities uh, in nigeria hoping to probably uh, partner with uh, spe lose uh next year uh So Saturday for SPE is an event which I was the founder and the project manager for the for two consecutive years. So for me, these experiences uh, taught me to always start something, uh, to not be scared and to work hard. Uh, but most importantly, to dream. Uh, what my all what all my experiences have in common is that uh, at the starting, very much few people believed in me and my team. Uh, very few people believed in our dream. Uh, very few people saw our final goal. But with perseverance and dedication. we showed them that uh, nothing is impossible and i think that shows the key takeaway uh, with my few colleagues is that nothing is really uh, impossible yeah i'm truly inspired by all of you um to see all of your life struggles and to see how you have failed is actually something that really inspired me so guys continue to work hard because even when you feel that you're alone you are inspiring many people Your story has been really inspiring. I uh, really really much. Uh, it has uh, really touched uh, touched me in profound sense. And I think you are doing a great work too. Uh keep doing the great work you are doing in in your region and uh for all my colleagues here, I think we should uh, keep the momentum. We should keep working together as the energy transition we need partnership. Your story is so inspiring. Like <laughs> so inspiring and it's it's really great to have done this with all of you so uh, let's keep in touch and uh, if there's anything that we can help each other in something so thank you stacy for this platform thank you for listening to the diamond in the rough podcast if you enjoyed this episode Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment and stay tuned for the next episode. Remember that even the most brilliant diamond was formed under pressure. Be that diamond that thrives under pressure and shines brilliantly.